Welcome to worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. This virtual worship service is brought to you in a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town Alexandria. Good morning and welcome to our online service of worship at the Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia, as we celebrate Pentecost. Wherever you are on your own journey of faith, know that you are welcome here in this sacred space and time together. The Lord be with you. Scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 2. Listen for God's Word. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, 
Medes, Eliamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy." And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us in the language of our hearts, that we may hear your word with understanding and answer your call with confidence. Amen. This week we celebrate Pentecost when the first believers received the gift of the Holy Spirit and began the mission of being Christ's witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As David Bartlett points out, it is important to note that the whole great drama of Luke's two-volume book, Luke and Acts, is the story of God's Spirit, and as such, it is the sign of a new age. And thus, today's text describes not just the birth of the church, but the empowerment of believers to bear witness to Christ to the ends of the earth. Notice where the first believers are when our reading begins. Having been witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, and having been told by Jesus to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, they are gathered together in one house. They are devoting themselves to prayer, and they're waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Their future is uncertain. All they can do is wait and pray. Wait and pray for a way out and a way forward. We can relate. We have now spent the better part of three months in our homes, waiting and praying in a time of uncertainty waiting and praying for an end to the stay-at-home orders, 
waiting and praying for a way out and a way forward, waiting and praying for some semblance of normality. As Luke tells the story, the first believer's waiting is rewarded in a dramatic fashion. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Wind and fire descend on the disciples and pushes them out of the house and into the world to bear witness to Christ. Wind and fire are powerful symbols with the potential for creation and or destruction. And as such, they are appropriate symbols of the work of the Holy Spirit in every time and place in history. To borrow from one scholar, this is particularly true in our time as we wait in the wreckage of what was and as we wait for the birth of what will be. In these stay-at-home days of the pandemic, it's a good time to ponder what part of our lives, personally and communally, needs to be burned away and what part needs to be renewed. Some answers are all too obvious. The growing gap between the rich and poor, the fear of the other, the rise of tribalism, the inadequacies of our health care system, and the lack of respect for people of differing politics, differing religions, and differing races and classes are but a few of the communal things that need to be burned away. So too is the hate that leads to another young black man being killed by policemen pledged to protect people, to a governor's likeness being hanged in effigy by a right-wing militia group dressed in tactical gear, and to unfounded conspiracy theories promulgated to cast doubt on opposing religious and political figures. I will leave it to you to wrestle with the corresponding personal things that might need to be burned away as well. Thankfully, there are some signs of communal renewal as well. Scientists from around the world working together to develop a vaccine healthcare workers and first responders going the second mile to help the sick and the dying, the uptick in clean air and clean water, and people of differing theological and political views finding new and creative ways to work together for the common good. To borrow from Jill Duffield, I am grateful the Spirit does not practice social distancing that the fire and the wind of God continues to reverberate around the cosmos. Again, I will leave it to you to note the corresponding signs of personal renewal, but I suspect one sign might be a new way of connecting with other people, and another sign might be a fresh take on what really matters in life. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift for the ages. 
It is a gift that draws us into a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God and with God's people. It is a gift that keeps on giving by burning up the old order and by giving birth to something new. Well, given all that's going on right now, this sounds very appealing. But as the New Testament scholar Margaret Eimer points out, in Luke's telling, Pentecost engenders fear and bewilderment rather than celebration. The Holy Spirit proves to be not a quiet heavenly dove, but rather a violent force that blows and burns the church into being. And that church consists mainly of immigrants, people of different languages and cultures with different mother tongues. And to these, the message goes forth, a message of the coming day of the Lord, full of heavenly portents and prophetic men and women and slaves. But in the midst of the chaos of Pentecost, rest an anchor. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit changes everything and everybody. It is poured out on all flesh, just as the prophet Joel had said it would. And it miraculously joins all those people together in a new and intimate relationship. The Holy Spirit shows a determination to deconstruct our policies of exclusion and replace them with a theology of inclusion, something that will be underscored in chapter 10 when Peter is given a new way of seeing and relating to Cornelius and his household. Michael Parsons explains it this way. The radical new community about which Joel speaks and which Peter says is realized in the earliest Christian community is remarkably inclusive. It is gender inclusive. Your sons and your daughters and your servants, both male and female. It is age inclusive your young and your old people. And if we are to take seriously the opening all people of this citation, then this community is also destined to be ethnically inclusive. Well, given that the gift of the Spirit was not just for the first believers, but for us as well, it behooves us to ask what the Holy Spirit might be leading us to say and do in our time and place in history. How might our church, our community, our country, and our world be helped if more of us follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? How many hearts and minds might be transformed? How many lives might be saved and enriched and how many people might be brought together if we prayed for the Holy Spirit to have its way? According to the Luke, the Holy Spirit once led disciples out of the house and into the world to bear witness to God's saving work. The Holy Spirit was, and it is still, a gift for the ages. 
a gift that burns away the old order and ushers in the new. The Holy Spirit causes our sons and our daughters to prophesy. It causes our young people to see visions and our old people to dream dreams. Even now, which is not only good, but necessary. We are living in a strange and disconcerting time. But as today's lesson reminds us, we as a church have been here before, waiting and praying for a way out and a way forward. We are not alone. The same spirit who showed up in the wind and fire to the first disciples calls us as well to bear witness to God's saving work right here in Alexandria and in Richmond and Washington, D.C., and even to the ends of the earth. That same Holy Spirit who empowered the first disciples to speak a word of hope to a weary world is alive and at work today, empowering people like you and like me to do the same. So as we sang earlier, let us now pray. Come, O Spirit, dwell among us. Come with Pentecostal power. Give the church a stronger vision. Help us face each crucial hour. Built upon a firm foundation, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, still the church is called to mission that God's love shall be made known. Amen. And now may the grace of God bless you with peace. May the love of Christ, God's Son, sustain you in joy. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with courage to bear witness to God's saving work this day and every day. Amen.